0: You have been warned, you press play, it's too late to stop, get ready to podcast.
1: Welcome to another edition of Vegas Bad Boys, a podcasting on DJ Impact. And I got Sin City Steve here with me, and uh, this is three count. And we thank you for hanging out with us. It's just gonna be us two. Um, I talked about it in Wrestling Talk. Matt Michaels is doing a little R and R, and Simon Street he should hopefully be back next week. So it's just gonna be us two. We're gonna do our best to keep you entertained. If you're watching us live, feel free to throw the comments in, and we'll try to get them in as we can. If you're listening to us, thank you for downloading the podcast. That's exactly what we need to keep us going. So hopefully, you would uh, will enjoy that. Three Counters really just going through the, I, I guess you could say the dirt sheets or going online searching for stories that um, that sounds like it would be something worth talking about. And um, we 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 pull them and then we we prepare them for you and then we talk about it. And um, perfect example will be our first count tonight from wrestlingheadlines.com. And it is titled Tommy Dreamer and Ric Flair Trend over Dark Side of the Ring, full, quote, playing ride from hell, end quote, episode release. So long title there. Um I'm so I'm just gonna try to summarize a lot of this Sin City instead of just reading cuz it's pretty long but the bottom line is uh dark side of the ring which i have yet to watch really a lot of episodes i i one day i'm going to have to sit in this binge hours of cuz i think they're up to like five seasons now right
0: you you definitely need you definitely need to <laughs>
1: yeah and the things they expose is just uh, amazing but apparently this one that they just they just did has really um really uh, just been a, another shocker and apparently, this is about a um, the plane ride from hell, as it is called. So, apparently, I guess you had WWE talent that was flying over from Europe during the show, and this was back in, um, I guess, the nineties. I'm assuming um, two thousand four,
0: two thousand uh, two. Excuse me, two thousand two.
1: Okay, thank you. Um, and you had, um, yeah, uh, Ric Flair who was on the flight um, you had a uh, I should just that's why it's good for me to just read it all because it's like uh, but oh it says you also have uh, Kurt Henning uh, Scott Hall um, Looked like there was a few others that was also on that particular flight but nevertheless Ric Flair was on this which is the main topic of that and uh, apparently the drinks were flowing and it, it it started to get really uncomfortable on this flight. Ric Flair apparently had on this robe. Underneath this robe, he had nothing on, and he pretty much opened his robe. Two flight attendants, uh, two female flight attendants who are there, uh, see that he is undressed, and he is now just supposedly, as we say, drunk, just flapping this thing all around and and just uh, making the situation very uncomfortable. Even seemed like he pinned uh, these flight attendants up to him, kind of forced their hands to uh, touch parts of his body, which, uh, you know, should not have happened. Um, so uh, so all of this happened on this particular flight. No one seemed to have said anything about it. It happened. And um, I guess at some point this was going to come out, but... The, I, I must, from what it says, I guess WWE, I, I, I guess, reached out to these individuals and to, to like, pay them off pretty much to not say anything. And apparently, this was something that was accepted. Um, I, from one of the flight attendants I was reading, it was saying that her husband had told her to take the deal because he didn't want the story to get out. Um, probably didn't want a lot of heat on to on them, but she felt that this should have been something that should have been exposed uh, so that the right circumstances would have taken place. And, but it didn't. And so now the story is coming into light. And of course, this, uh, you know, this is not making Flair look uh, good at all as it shouldn't. Um, I know the Car Shield commercials, which he's been doing a lot of those commercials. I watched them all. They showed, I think every commercial break on Impact Wrestling is a Car Shield commercial. So, yeah. I mean, he he's on them all the time. Well, apparently that's on pause. And if you ask for well, where does Tommy Dreamer falls into this because he wasn't on the plane, well, apparently he seemed to be on the defense of what Ric Flair did. In fact, I um, I'll see if I uh, if I could find the exact quote for what he said. Um, All right here. Uh, Tommy Dreamer, it says he could move his hips, twirl it. And and so his well endowed penis spins around like a helicopter, Dreamer said. So, hey, he's the nature boy for a reason. He's got a hammer on him. Rick Flair Flair's not going to try to impose by force any sexual stuff onto anybody. He's just flaunting, styling and profiling, doing the Ric Flair stuff where everybody's going to laugh about it. But obviously someone took offense to it. So that was his comments to that. And because of that, Impact Wrestling has now uh uh have suspended uh Tommy Dreamer uh indefinitely and, and at the at this moment. So since City, a lot's going on here. A lot was exposed. Uh man, it's Yeah, uh...
0: <laughs> no shit. A lot was exposed.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, and you know, listen, by the way, let's be fair here. Uh Flair has many times denied this story. So of course it's his word versus their word and so many other things. Um so you know, who knows? Only thing I could tell you is I, I I don't know Flair, but I have been uh at at hotels where F- Flair has been at and I I know I've seen him get lit that doesn't mean anything people do get lit but I've seen him get toe up and you know listen I tell you this <laughs> I I've never been a person who uh, every I guess I'm always the joke of the town because people know I don't really drink um i get girly drinks you know if you go somewhere i always say hey can i get a virgin daiquiri because I, I like the taste of i like sugary drinks but i i don't for alcohol i'm just not necessarily a, a big fan i'll have one every now and then but i i've never got to the point where where people who really do get intoxicated nothing about it, nothing bad i'm just saying that's something i don't do but i can only i hear the stories on what happens when you do and there's a possibility that this story sounds like it it could have happened. And since city Steve, first off, if you don't know the story, you definitely shouldn't be trying to defend, which is what, um, um, Tommy dreamer did. But, you know, if you're, if you're Ric Flair, if you know, this story is true. I mean, what do you do? I mean, this whole, if you're saying it didn't happen, how do you go about trying to clear your name? I mean, apparently this story's been out there for years. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know. Oh, yeah, and now it's being exposed. Uh, yeah, go ahead, man. What's no, your take it, on this? It,
0: so, without you know, before I saw the show, mm-hmm. um, I didn't I didn't know about like all of the crazy shit that happened. Right. Um. You know, there were you know uh, Michael Hayes's ponytail got cut off by X Pac after he was given drugs to drug him and passed out. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, uh, I guess uh, Dustin, Dustin Rhodes um, got on the, uh, the overhead mic and started singing love songs to his ex-wife, Terry Runnels at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. You had, uh, you had Kurt Hennig uh, fuck with Brock Lesnar. There's a sentence for (laughs) you. Right. Uh, he uh I guess I guess he uh took a handful of shaving cream and just lathered it up on top of Brock's head and just smacked it and just was just talking all sorts of shit just wow. fucking with him. Wow. Of all of all people that you're going to fuck with. And he's Brock still alive. Lesner in 2002, <laughs> well no, he's actually Kurt Hennig is no longer alive, sir. Oh no, like Kurt. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah. That's yeah, why I, so yeah. um but yeah, it uh yeah, I guess that uh, those guys fought and actually were pressed up against the emergency release exit door. Oh lord! Like, yeah, yeah, like they were they were pressing up against the exit door as they were legit, you know, uh, sprawling, grappling with each other. Right. Yeah. It's craziness, dude. Um, but yeah, no, nothing nothing takes the cake like the uh, the stories of what Flair did. Yeah, Um, And, you know, for for Dreamer to sit there and almost seemingly just pass it off as being like, oh, yeah, that's that's Rick being Rick. Right. Well, you know, I mean, I'm sure that, you know, you could have looked at things a little bit differently and obviously had some empathy for somebody that was just forced to touch someone's junk because that's that's what happened. I mean, according to. What numerous people had to say, including um, one of the uh, you know one of the flight attendants herself. Uh, it's it's again, none of us know specifically what happened. Yeah. Um, you know, on that plane because none of us were there. But well, because some of the, the stories,
1: like for example, it talks about Vince McMahon being on that flight, but then there's yep. somebody who I also knew. Someone else who I know who seems to know a little bit more information said Vince wasn't on that flight. Really? Yeah.
0: Because um, yeah, it was it was it was mentioned point blank, specifically by um, by Jim Ross, but also by the flight attendants themselves, uh, that Vince uh, Vince, Linda, uh, Jim Ross were all seated up in the first class kind of an area, mm. um, which was at the front of the plane. And there was a divider between that and the back, you know, the back part of the plane where all this shit was going on. Right. But, um, you know, they didn't know that any of it was going on until, you know, they heard, uh, you know, all of the all of the shit going on. Um, And what uh, what was one of the things that really kind of stood out in the episode was that they filled. um, So the the bar cart that they bring you know up and down the aisles on a plane that has all the alcohol in it right um while they were waiting to take off while they were at you know on the tarmac they ran out of liquor in the bar cart not just once not just twice they had to refill that fucking thing three times before they took off from the airport (laughs) wow so you knew that shit was gonna get real yeah um so it it, it really it, – it's, it's just – it's a huge, huge change to hear about this shit now compared to how things are, you know, in today's locker rooms and how people conduct themselves today. Um, so it uh, – John actually brings it up perfectly in the chat. He says, this definitely shows the difference in the old-school mentality – with the boys outside of the ring versus today's talent, right? This would not fly with the newer generation of talent, and yeah, completely. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, actually, Justin, um, what's up, Justin? I haven't seen you in the chat, so uh, welcome, bro. Hey, man. Um, he uh, he says that it was a seven-hour hold on the tarmac. So yeah, it seven hours. Yeah, somebody um, I was just
1: reading their comments. This this is off on one of our wrestling chats, and one of the guys yeah. said that. Apparently it was there was three there were three planes that was used and apparently Vince wasn't on that particular plane. Now again I don't know how true it is or not, but this person is saying that they got that part of the story wrong uh, because mm. he wasn't on that plane. He was on another plane. So again I I, I don't gotcha. know. Gotcha. But yeah, um, but nevertheless you know it seemed like. It, what's being accounted here, you know, sounds like something really happened. In fact, um, I will say Dreamer did, it, it looked like he did go on his social media. Uh, mm-hmm. Today's the 19th, yes, today. And, yep. and and he says, regarding my comments on Dark Side of the Ring, it was never my intention to offend, hurt, or victim shame anyone. I understand my comments were insensitive and could trigger emotions in someone's own personal past. I do not condone sexual misconduct uh, conduct of any kind. I apologize to anyone I offended from the bottom bottom of my heart. I am sorry. So we don't know how far that will take him, but yeah, I mean, this is, um, this story is is really troubling to hear, and it looked like things might get really tough for, uh, Ric Flair, as he would look like he was trying to, you know, get, get out there, and especially in more commercials and everything, and um, he he's been seen in in other promotions, and you know I I don't know. I mean, he, is he going to become untouchable from this point? You know, how does if he if he if 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 what he said that this didn't happen? How does he go about trying to clear his name? If you know it happens, should you just apologize, admit to it? And say you know, talk about how during those days, not to say that's uh, acceptable, but but you know, trying to do your best to own up to it, admit it, uh, apologize to that, and you know, explain to why that sh- that should never be anything that should ever happen. I mean, what do you, what do you do? Because it becomes untouchable. It, that that's. <laughs> That ain't gonna be a good look from his age now, <laughs> you know.
0: Yeah, no joke.
1: I, I'm just saying. So, yeah, this was a tough one, man. I like I say, I didn't, yeah. I didn't watch this episode. And, I yeah, go I ahead.
0: highly recommend you taking uh, take some time and mm-hmm. uh, just give it a watch. Um, it was, uh, yeah, it was it was pretty interesting. Um, but you know, with even some people in our chat yeah. uh, saying that you know certain people were you know, on the, on different planes, on different times. Mm-hmm. And, you know, those things not lining up with people that were actually saying these things on this specific episode. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, that just screams, you know, continuity errors and, you know, maybe they're stringing things from other flights together. Right. Or, yeah. Yeah. You know, how much, how much of what they're saying can or cannot be trusted. I mean, it's, it's really difficult and so we're all, we're all guilty of just listening to hearsay at this point.
1: Yeah. So, all right, well, we'll, uh, we'll end that story and I guess we'll see where that goes from there and, uh, we'll take it from there. The chat is lit and we thank everybody for, uh, for, for chiming in. And, uh, if ever, if you want to be a part of our chat, I know you, you probably say, man, I always hear people chatting, but we don't never know. Uh, first off, you, you need to go to our Facebook page. because That's mostly where we get our chats from is from the Facebook and make sure that you follow us. And when you follow us, you will get the notifications when we go live and we do our recordings on Sunday, although we put the podcast out on Monday and Tuesdays. This three count goes on Tuesday. Our wrestling talk goes on Monday. All right. So if you ever want to be a part Sunday nights around 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time time, somewhere around that time, 8 ish. Um, feel free to jump on and, uh, and join the conversation. All right. The second count, this is from wrestling, uh, ink.com. Um, Renee, Renee, would that be Paquette? Is that how you say her last name? Paquette. Pa- yeah. Okay. But, uh, Paquette, Paquette, uh, thinks Big E's push may be due to AEW quote, nipping at the heels end quote of, W-W-E. So I'm just going to just read just a little bit of uh, of what uh, this says here. And um, it talks about... It says, it says, quote, she talks about, It just makes me so happy. I tweeted out that it's cool to see this outpouring of love for somebody like Biggie. Uh, I've never heard any anybody say a bad thing about the dude. It's been... I guess you could call it a slow burn for Biggie. You get a huge uh, payoff in him cashing in that money in the bank contract and becoming WWE champion. But what I love it, what I love about it is the organic way that Biggie's career has gone. When you get the fans behind you, now you know the company's behind him. And she continues, "It's time to just, as they say, strap that rocket onto him and shoot him off." That trajectory is just going to keep going. And if we are talking and we want to get things, get get into ratings and blah, 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 I think Big E could be that guy to really help push WWE Monday Night Raw, Friday Night SmackDown, wherever he decides that he wants to show up. It's the organic side of things that I think WWE fans have been craving. They want that payoff and they finally got it in Big E and I couldn't be happier for that, do. Then it says here that despite her her positive feelings for his title win, but Quet also believes she move believed the move was likely done to counteract both Monday Night Football and WWE losing to AEW Dynamite in the ratings the previous week. She also thinks it was about making the fans happy by giving the popular Big E a huge moment. And um, and how that went, and, uh, the quote went, uh, well, he- it says, well, yeah, Paquette answered co-host uh, Bully Ray when asked if ratings contributed to the decision. She said, I think that you could definitely look back and analyze it in that light, especially given the tweet heads up. I'm going to be cashing in tonight. And we've never seen anybody make that kind of announcement and telegraph exactly when they were going to be cashing in. Like that to keep eyes over there and have and and have it be that good feel moment. All right, so I'll stop it there. Sin City Steve, uh, Big E. We talked about it in Wrestling Talk. It was exciting to see that he is now the WWE champion. Um, we knew it was going to happen, being that he's he had the money uh, in the bank briefcase. We just didn't know when. That was going to ha- take place until apparently he he sent the tweet, which I talked about in the last wrestling talk, that I had no idea he sent that tweet. So I didn't really know when I was watching Raw that he really was going to cash it in to about midpoint of the show when he s- said, I'm going to cash this in tonight. And I'm like, for real? So what's your take, Sin City? Do you think that they threw this on to him because, A, it was time? B, the Monday night uh, football ratings. C, AEW. D, all the above. E, B
0: and C. I think it's actually. I think it is all of the above. Okay. <laughs> um, and the reasoning behind it is this. So, realistically, mm-hmm. um, I just want to take a look because we've mentioned on this show Mm -hmm. the realistically what ratings matter okay okay what ratings matter what demographics matter and to advertisers and to tv networks um yes you can look at total viewers but the area where this is (laughs) 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 um the given given the people too many choices there uh, impact yeah no. according to the chat i know everyone
1: failed <laughs> um, because the teacher don't know what he's doing <laughs> um,
0: but yeah so the most important thing is going to be the viewers that are aged 18 to 49 and the biggest reason behind that is those are the people that are spending the money yeah. those are the ones that are you know buying the you know, the most gear associated with the shows that they're watching. Mm-hmm. Plus those are going to be the people that have the most influence in their homes. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's, that's key. So I have uh, some specific dates Okay. Uh, from now. This is from September 9th. Uh, this is a tweet from Brandon Thurston Okay. Uh, who runs analytics uh, from, uh, and he's got a He's got his website and a Patreon and the whole deal mm-hmm. where he breaks all this shit down. Um, but, uh, this was the day after, um, dynamite, uh, on the 8th of September. Um, so he says a W dynamite last night on TNT was watched by 1,319,000 viewers on average, the second highest in the history of the show. Mm -hmm. 681,000 were aged 18 to 49, a 0.53 rating edging out raw this week that finished with 678,000 in the demo. So the Dynamite show from the 8th of September beat Raw in the ratings, okay? Okay. That was the first time that that happened. On September the 13th, Big E tweets out, let's let that cat out of the bag. I intend on cashing cashing in my Money in the Bank contract tonight and cashing it in to become WWE champion. So here's the thing Mm -hmm. there is no way in hell that anybody even vince mcmahon who is consumed fully by his wwe bubble there's no way that he didn't know that week one of the nfl season was that week where biggie cashed in right there's there's no way in hell that anybody can justify that to me that is extremely short-sighted uh, if that is the you know the the justification that they're trying to use, um, realistically speaking, just say just call it what it is. Just say that you know that you're you're doing what is in the best interest of the brand, and that you felt that it was the time to do it. Um, and realistically speaking, you know I, I understand WWE doesn't want to throw any bones whatsoever to any competition. And that's that's fine. That's been their brand mo for years. They don't want to acknowledge that anybody else exists in this pro wrestling world except for them.
1: Why? So why is it still a big deal supposedly between the ratings between the two when they are on different networks, different nights? Why should it matter if if they get beat or not? Um, because
0: every everybody's everybody's pointing out. Oh well, AEW is nothing. They just beat WWE's third tier roster. That's been said to me on this show as uh, as a, as a mm. means for defending. Well, why why are you saying that AEW is NXT's competition? Mm. Why why don't they compete with Raw? And well, now they are competing with Raw for the most important demographic in cable. Bottom line, and now they're shifting the goalposts. Um, so it's, you know, it's, uh, as is being said in the chat, it's a pissing contest for bragging rights, but also you got to keep in mind, you got to keep in mind those TV rights deals, they're going to be coming up pretty soon and you got to figure events like the draft are coming. Okay. I wonder if they're going to start to do things, you know, to appear on raw, because let's be honest. Uh WWE and the USA network, uh, they've had a great relationship for years, but when NXT started taping episodes, um, the uh the USA network themselves actually made comments saying that they didn't pay all the money that they did for a taped show. And uh if SmackDown is truly the A show, which quite frankly it should be, mm-hmm. then why is why is Raw a second? Like, why is it a secondary show? Um, USA feels that for over 25 years, 30 years, whatever, that Raw is the biggest show on all of, on, on the entire pro wrestling universe. Right. And it, it's one of those things that, you know, I guess that USA, NBC Universal, they didn't get the memo that Broadcast Fox is running SmackDown. <laughs> And that's that's well, my I guess.
1: Get, well, look, I mean, I get that, but you know, and and I and, and I thought about that from the beginning too, but I guess it should be known that if you're going to probably be on a major network like on on Fox, that they are probably going to have a somewhat of an upper hand in that. On the other hand, it's not as if it's not as if raw ratings are are bad for the USA network. Right. I mean, they're the Raiders could have, uh, there's, have- there's, their
0: ratings are their ratings are still good. They're nowhere near what they used to be. Right. And in fact, they're, they're hemorrhaging, they're hemorrhaging viewers year over year. Um, but you're, you know, you still have that core group of people, you know, that 2 million ish viewer base that is going to tune into Monday Night Raw every week, 8 PM. You know, they've got, You know they've got their lives mapped around it because, quite frankly, with a three-hour wrestling show, you kind of have to do that. So,
1: does this win that Biggie has? Does you know hearing this story? Does this diminish him in any way? Just to hear, you know, your art. We're going to give you the belt because you know apparently we are. We need to battle up against. I mean, I guess it could actually be a compliment as well if you want to look at it that way. Uh, but then, either way, it looks like that's putting a lot on on Biggie to help them get out of this trouble. If that's the reason, if these are the reasons that AEW numbers and the NFL to get out of that, I mean, that's a lot to put on to put on Biggie. I believe he could do it, but I don't know. I mean. I don't know how you. I don't know how you look. How you look at that? I
0: mean, yeah. I mean, it's it, it's it's definitely, you know, the thing that I can tell you is WWE. They love to run focus groups. Um, if you've ever been to a a WWE live show, um, or as things are starting to open up, if you go to a WWE live show, if you ever go um, and you're leaving the arena and somebody asks you if you want to take a survey from WWE. Or if you are, um, let's say, at the the Superstore, if there's a, like a SummerSlam or WrestleMania in your city, mm-hmm. and you go to the Superstore, there will be an area where people will ask you if you want to complete a survey. So realistically, what they'll do is they will harvest your email address. I'm saying this because I still get uh, <laughs> these emails for these fan council surveys. Okay. So realistically they want to know feedback from a gigantic cross-section of their of their viewer base so it doesn't matter who you are if you've committed any kind of money to their brand they want to have your opinion and the thing is traditionally biggie does extremely well extremely well with large cross sections of their viewer base. Right. Um, so, and he's universally loved. Right. So I think, I think that this was something to where, you know, they've had a lot of negative press come out about them between all of the talent cuts between all of the, you know, all the shit that's gone down in the last year. Yeah. And now there's this new company that is, as Renee said, you know, they're nipping at their heels Dude, I, I think that realistically, it doesn't diminish it, but more than anything, it underscores the fact that they needed to change a few things. And, you know, whether it's the the change that they're making to NXT 2.0, whether they're making the change to get a babyface champion so that people can rally behind him because there are now fans that are showing up to these buildings. Yeah. Um, whatever your case might be, I think that that last thing that I just mentioned – Plays in more than a lot. Um, I think that uh, you know it was it was actually mentioned in the chat by Justin. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that the the Big E push should have come over a year ago. Right. And dude, you know as well as I do, mm-hmm. we've we've all been you know talking about how we want Big E to get this push. Right. Um, you know whether it's on on the heel side or on the babyface side, either one. Yeah. But the fact is. He's been due for this for a long time. Absolutely, And, you know, from where he started out to where he is now, he has made an unbelievable, unbelievable shift in his character. Um, You know, on the wrestling talk segment that we just did uh, or that aired yesterday, for those of you listening on the podcast, (laughs) we talked about Roman Reigns and how there was a huge seismic shift for him from the, the babyface side to the heel side. I think that realistically, if you look at it, there's almost as much of a seismic shift that occurred with big E. Um, And it's been on much more of a slower burn, Mm -hmm. but keep in mind, when he came in, he was, you know, beating people and having the refs count to five and he was a heel and he didn't talk much (laughs) and, you know, this, that, and the other, but now to see what he's become, he is, it's just solid dude. And I think that the volume of tweets and well wishes that went that went around on social media once Biggie won that championship, and just how many people were happy for him, genuinely happy for him. I think that speaks volumes, not just of him as a as a talent or as a worker, but also him as a person, and that is amazing to see.
1: Absolutely, and once again, man, the chats are uh, lighting up, getting them in, so we appreciate that. Uh, we'll go over to our uh, our third topic, and um, this I guess would be uh, I guess this would be more WWE beatdown. So when we do the next three count uh, uh, a week or two, we're gonna have a AEW beatdown. I'm gonna find a lot of AEW topics. We're just gonna, gonna shit all over them. Hosted by well, Matt you, Michaels. You,
0: you, you let you let me know when that happens, and I'll will I'll have a <clears throat> sick day because. <laughs> You know, you got you got the you got you have to be here cuz you're the host. Right. But uh I mean we got we have our our two our two other WWE stands just, you know, right. not happen to be on the show when we're talking shit about WWE. Right. Okay. Right.
1: Yeah, yeah. Exactly. All right, this one is from um um aiptcomics.com. Um so, you know, listen. I, it's weird how I find some of these. <laughs> I go what the heck but you know whatever apparently this is what he writes pro wrestling should be simple give the fans what they want in a predetermined sport fan satisfaction should be priority number one why is it such a struggle in WWE so of course he breaks down his points and he goes over and over into them but I'm just going to kind of start from the point I'm sure Sin City Steve would like, and then to the end, and then we'll break down a little bit earlier on, on what he mentioned. Anyway, he says this, AEW honors the past without relying on relying on it as anchor. It respects the sacrifices and the progress of what wrestling has made before them, and even if by necessity they acknowledge and actively work with other promotions. While WWE has almost always acted as a bubble where we have to pretend nothing else exists, AEW supports the growth and development of other wrestling promotions because it makes pro wrestling as a whole healthier. I can debate that one, but I'm going to keep going. In the competitive sports, fans are important but matter little in the decision-making process. The majority of fans may favor a particular goalie, but if the backup is playing better, he gets to start in net. No-brainer. In pro wrestling, fans are the only aspect that truly matter because the drama is fictional. The booking should reflect the desire of the fans. It's really not that hard. For so long, WWE has went against the grain, ignoring or gaslighting their fans into thinking what they're getting is actually what they really wanted all along. It's counterintuitive and just plain dumb. Batista was right. Give me what I want, and AEW is doing that. Well, he's definitely kissing the ring since City, and he has a lot of pointers as to why he says a lot of that. And if you decide you want to mention anything in that article, uh, that's fine. Um, but uh, let me just be. Let me just question: this. Um, should should a company really just give the fans what they want? all why? the time why no. why is that? yeah if all if, time? If, no. if tony khan gives you everything you guys want how is that going to make
0: wrestling exciting it's not <laughs> and, and 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 that's the thing but yeah so ultimately what it comes down to is realistically the 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 makeup of wwe versus aew because this article has positioned it you know using those specific terms right and, you know, just, just no gray area between the two. Yeah. Um, I think that, you know, there are times where you don't pull the trigger and you don't give the fans what they want. But in the end, you better make damn sure that they get what they want if they have an alternative. Because mm. if they have an alternative and you're just, you know, feeding them shit, then they're just eventually going to say, all right, well, I'm tired of eating shit. So I'm going to go over here and I'm actually going to eat food. So it's it's one of those things that I personally don't feel like AEW insults my intelligence when I watch it. Mm-hmm. And quite frankly, I, I do let them slide with a little bit more than I do WWE. And the reason for that is my intelligence usually gets insulted at some point Whenever I'm watching WWE, it just, it happens. And, you know, we can sit here and we can say, oh, well, the product's not for us, blah, blah, blah. And I get that. And I understand that. But at the end of the day, you better give me something. Mm -hmm. You better, you better give me some sort of justification for something. Don't just sit there and bury people over and over and give no sign of hope. Um, I think that it's when let me ask you
1: so when very, champ, it's
0: very counterintuitive
1: when champion, when a decision is being made on who they want to push I'm assuming from a from a business uh, reasoning they're looking at the type of money that I guess maybe they would bring in they would bring in people to the shows uh what type of uh, 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 uh shirts and different things like that Where they sell, you know, how much are they going to be bringing in as a champion? I'm guessing that's maybe what some of the decisions are going to come from. And I don't, I don't know. I don't know. But the question would be, and sometimes I, you, you, you wonder this. So you create a situation where now you give Cesaro the WWE championship. You give Shinsuke the WWE Championship. Are are they not only going to bring people to the show, but are people going to go out and and buy their merchandise? You know, is what it that comes depend- down to. It all
0: depends on. It all depends on how they were buying it before. When you know, when you gave them any kind of hope of a push. Um, I think that realistically, you have to be able to call an audible from time to time, just like what WWE did with the Big E title win. Um, that was, I, I guarantee that was not their plan. At least not yet. They may have wanted to pull the trigger, you know, in a couple of months or something of that nature. Right. But I think that it was just the perfect storm and they, they felt that they had to make that move. Now, the thing is, when are they going to understand that they have to make that move? Um, it's it's very telling that, oh well, you know, how many times have we heard the, the story? And the article even talks about it, how Vince McMahon writes the show for an audience of one. Right. He only factors in what he wants to see. And that that realistically is because there's never there's not been another alternative in town. There's not there's not been another game in town in the last 20 plus years. So can't you, I think, but listen,
1: can't, if you're getting tired of, 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 of watching or being a part of something that's made for the eyes of one, then why even still watch it? Is what I'm saying. So Stockholm
0: syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it it's it it's it's something that there are some people that they map out their their time even still they'll watch raw just because it's eight o'clock and I'm at home. Mm -hmm. It's they'll watch raw because they, Oh, I've watched it for 30 years. You know, I might as well see what's going on. Um, it's, it it really comes down to there being a legitimate payoff at the end there, you know, having that pot of gold be there for your viewers at the end of that rainbow. That's what, that's what the key is, you know, Why do we make this journey? Why do we invest seven hours per week watching your programming? Right. You know, it's, it, it should not be a task. It should not feel like a job to watch a TV show, but sometimes that's what watching raw feels like is, Hey, I, this is, you know, nothing's resonating with me with this show. And you know, I, I, I do talk about it from time to time. And I think that those days hopefully are behind us because where there's smoke, there's fire. These things are getting out that people aren't exactly viewing raw with as much, um, as much favorability as what they have in the past. Um, it, it's one of those things. How many times have we had people that get over on their own that Vince or whoever is on you know behind creative, mm-hmm. they pump the brakes on that person. Great case in point. Zach fucking writer. There's a guy who got over, had a YouTube channel before anybody else did anything with Twitch or YouTube or anything. Yeah. there was a guy who was creating his own content. This was before BTE was a thing, obviously, but he started pro wrestlers having an online personality on a social media account that might be an extension to their their on-screen character or it might be a little bit of an offshoot but it was it's how many times did we see those guys get get their 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 fire snuffed out but when, when you mentioned, you can't do this. When
1: you mentioned, though, and we're going back to the chat, because you did mention Ryder, and, and John makes a good point there. He said, to play devil's advocate, how many times has WWE given in to what the fans want and it didn't move the needle? And he says Zack Ryder with the U.S. title, you know? And, and that goes back to what I was saying. You know, you have countless people who finally, they, they, they get that title, they get that shot, whatever
0: that is, and then what? You know, um. at that point, at that point, it has to be on that particular on that particular person. You're you're being given the ball. What you do with it is up to you. And quite frankly, it could have been the gimmick. It could have been that he didn't have the creative freedom to do what he wanted. But I agree, Zach Ryder as U.S. champ did not move the needle. Um, now I don't necessarily know how much needle moving can happen from a secondary champion. Typically, when we talk about people that move the needle, we're talking about somebody that holds the main championship on a brand, like a Roman Reigns, like a Big E now. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that we actually might start to see just how popular Big E is um, as we maybe start to see more fans come back to Raw. That's, that's the best case scenario, hmm. is now you have a baby face with the title now let's see how many people come back to watching the product, if any, and if it moves any needles. Well,
1: you know, it seemed like with with with, uh, with you AEW fans, it looked like you guys are just like so done with WWE. There's just not coming back for nothing. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to see what's going on. I don't care. I'll just read about it. I'm done with WWE. You know, it seems like that you guys are maybe more becoming closed within your own world than maybe wwe fans which you know taking a look over at AEW, going okay i see what they're doing you know but it would be nice that's the reason why i necessarily don't care for this so-called beef and i or this you know we're having this competition why not just enjoy wrestling you know now if you're not enjoying the storyline of what and and you're not going to enjoy every storyline but the, the main thing is you enjoy the the entertainment of wrestling. So that's why I can sit and watch AEW. I can watch WWE. I can watch Impact Wrestling. For Christ's sakes, I watch Impact Wrestling. Nobody watches that, I think, but me and the 20 people in, in the audience at the show. And that's about it. But I, I enjoy that, too. You know, and believe me. I mean, if there's anything that you get depressed and sad about, I'll be watching that show. But you try to get a bigger picture of just enjoying what they do you know uh they ran a skit this past last week with um uh oh man i probably i'm not gonna i'm not gonna remember all the names it's a, it's a big skit with a lot of them <laughs> um they ran a skit on impact though but it was pretty funny to, oh and they did another one with uh with with um swinger Swingers Palace. Mm. Remember, I, I remember I just mentioned to you last week, it'd be interesting how they're going to, how would they play with the idea of him coming to uh, Vegas? Well, it was funny. They actually kind of hinted to the idea of, you know, you know, what? We're really going to Vegas? Like, I can't go there, you know? But there were some other things that they said that was pretty funny in that skit, too. But it but that's the entertainment of it that I, that I like. You know, I can sit and watch that. I can watch WWE. I can watch AEW. A.W. fans, man, they're like, you guys are like, bam, this is where it's at, and this is where I'm comfortable, and this is where I'm staying. And we don't care about none of the others. I mean, we'll, we'll, I guess we'll care about Impact or a Ring of Honor, but that's because they're below us. We're the top, you know. So you guys might want to watch that because you might eventually, uh, you know, I'm just saying, I'm just saying. I know Raw is not the way it used to be, and hopefully at some point, maybe through the draft or something, something happens. But there is still SmackDown. It's a WWE product. There's still NXT 2.0. And so far since the first show, you know, we have to see where it goes from here. But that show at least wasn't disappointing. So overall, WWE is, you know, they do okay. when you got three shows, uh, let me ask you this. With AEW doing Dynamite, Rampage, and then you said they do two shows on YouTube, would you say that all four of those shows are all top-notch together?
0: So the thing is, Dark and Dark Elevation are used for enhancement. So, you know, if if we um, if we go back to what we mentioned in Wrestling Talk about how um, you'd made mention that you didn't know how Butcher and The Blade were number one right. uh, in the tag team rankings. Yeah. So that those two YouTube shows kind of fill in the gaps with that kind of stuff because they've just been beating jobber teams for the last couple of months or the last couple mm, of weeks or mm-hmm. whatever. So that's how they've, they've padded their stats. Um, but realistically, man, yeah, it's, I I see what you're saying, but I just have to put it to you like this. Okay. So imagine if, uh, let's say that you got a, a, a great friend okay that you've you've hung out with for a long time and you start making plans with them hang out pretty frequently and everything's cool right okay um but then after a while they uh whenever you go and you start hanging out with them they don't give a shit about you and they just walk around on their phone the entire time Mm -hmm. they're more preoccupied on everything else that's going on. Maybe not anything that you're any that you're interested in or anything, but you can just tell that they're really distant. Right. And then, and then maybe they don't even talk to you when you're hanging out. Maybe it's just like a, you know, kind of a convenience thing. Okay. That's probably the best parallel that I can give you as if to say, wouldn't you stop hanging out with that person? Okay, I'm just saying.
1: I mean, and that's where you and the, that's where you put uh, where WWE. That's is at.
0: that's that's where I'm putting a lot of lapsed fans mm-hmm. because that it's not for us. Okay, that's fine. Okay, so you're going to insult our intelligence now. Okay, gotcha. And mm-hmm. now you're gonna do things deliberately almost that fly in the face of us and piss us off as an audience with no hope for that pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. You're not gonna do anything. You're not even gonna dangle the carrot. okay? Well, I can spend my seven hours or if we're just talking about one one branded show, yeah, I can spend my three hours better during the week, you know, look, you know, doing. Anything else, any, literally anything else in the world, rather than watching wrestling for three hours and investing my time in something that doesn't give me any kind of a return on my investment.
1: Got you. Okay. Well, you, you are speaking for the, uh, the minority. So, of,
0: the vocal minority, the
1: vocal minority <laughs> for the AEW crowd out there. So, yeah, man, it's all good, man. I um, we'll see where all this where all this goes. I'm, I you know, to be honest with you, my problem with wrestling is that it's just too much of it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just a lot, you know, which can be which could not be a good thing for some people because then they're going to figure out where they're going to put the majority of their time. And that's where it could be dangerous for, for WWE because if people over time have gotten bored with the product and they can't, they can't give 20 hours a week for all these wrestling shows and they got a cut then they're going to start cutting from where they feel they're not getting that from. So we'll, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Uh, I know it's not as if they don't know uh, what they see and what they hear so some some sort of change has got to be made and so we yeah. should see that within the upcoming weeks but um, the question is even if they do do they grab some of their old fans back you know and that's the part i don't know i don't know if we can if they can get you sin city you might be like uh i'm still not
0: uh sold on that you know but i, I mean i just think it- real realistically it, dude it it just it just comes down to them not insulting our intelligence. Like it, it raw feels like a chore half the time. And it really shouldn't. It really shouldn't. Um, and the sad part is at one point there were 10 million people per week watching Monday night wrestling 10 million. Yeah. And now we're getting two.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah yeah something's happened all right the uh chats are going crazy here uh shout out to jade it's good to see you how are you um and of course just has been on here john's been on here he said of course same problem that the ufc ran into two years ago it's hard having a fight card every week plus the ultimate fighter in etc etc so yeah um we'll see how it goes man it's uh it's going to Get more uh, interesting as time goes with that that would be the end of our three count so um we normally do our shout out of what we want to tell the good people and uh first off i'll just say thank everyone for for uh listening to us we did it with just two of us uh thank you for hanging out with us and um get the word out you know tell folks about vegas bad boys we are uh you know, we're no news organization. We are uh, all opinion and fun based. We just like to talk about wrestling, you know, and you'd be surprised how many other people would love to just hear that too. And um, But they need you to tell them. So tell them. And hopefully they will listen to you, right? Sin City, what you want to tell the good people out there, man?
0: Thank you guys for hanging out with us. Uh, I saw a few new names in the chat. Um, some people that came back tonight that yeah. haven't seen in a few weeks. Mm-hmm. So thank you guys for hanging out, man. It's been, it, tonight was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, and dare I say, DJ Impact, you and I navigated the waters pretty well <laughs> for just being the two of us. Yeah. So, um, good stuff yeah but uh yeah definitely thank you guys for listening and sharing subscribing doing all that you do it's awesome and we really truly appreciate each and every single one of you guys um also a uh a a very special shout out to all the brave men and women serving uh, this country whether it be on lands foreign or domestic we appreciate everything that you do because you enable us to do this and everything that we do so we owe it all to you Absolutely. thank you again Thank and you last much. but yes. last but not least, we got to plug the sponsor. Otherwise, ah. we might not be here next week. <laughs> Reps, repsports.com, dot com, R E P P Sports dot com. Yeah. Use promo code Vegas at checkout. Uh, go there for all of your pre workout, weight loss, and general energy needs. Repsports.com. dot com. Use promo code Vegas at checkout and save yourself fifteen percent.
1: Awesome. And um, for you guys in the chat room, uh, I need to start seeing this more too. We, we definitely thank you for hanging out with us and everything. But do us a favor. When the podcast drops, download that, too, because it's all about the numbers. You know, we always talk about the numbers. So definitely download it and, uh, you know, listen to it a little bit. And then um, once we get those numbers, we good. We're, we're building something here. So we appreciate you. All right. So with that, we will see you uh, next week. It's going to be pay-per-view, right? Um extreme rules or something so after that we'll or something or something so we'll come on after that and (laughs) we'll talk about that damn extreme rules (laughs) or whatever all right until then, thanks for hanging out we'll see you next time all right peace biggest bad boys of podcasting